Welcome to the Bell Ringers Teaching Podcast. Hi, I'm Kaylin Bullock. I'm an instructional technology coach in Michigan, and I'm also Young's former high school teacher. Hello, I'm Young, and I recently graduated in December with a degree in social studies secondary education, and now I'm living in Seattle, kind of in limbo, looking for a job. So if you hear this podcast and you have an open position in your school, contact us. Thank you. <laughs> yes, okay. I highly endorse, yes, I highly endorse Young for any teaching position, if that matters. <laughs> All right, so let's do our bell ringer today. So the bell ringer question for today is, how do you increase student talk? All right, so that's an interesting question because, Young, I don't know, do you feel coming out of your teacher ed program and student teaching, you were probably more often thinking about how to decrease student talk? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, when I saw the topic of today with increased student talk, my mind immediately thought of the bad student talk where, you know, you're up there and you're trying to give instructions or something like that. And then you have students off in the corners talking to themselves. um, And that's what my mind jumped to. Right. But yeah. And, you know, and that's totally true. I mean, I... I think even a veteran teacher, like I guess I am, um, would say, yeah, you know, student talk. Ooh, I don't know about that. We want to not have a whole lot of student talk. But in reality, the flip side of that is the teacher's dirty secret is we're, I mean, I don't want to brag and say we're so smart, but we are so smart because we do all this talking about our content. And Mm -hmm. over the years, that's how we learn it really well. Like I may have graduated with a degree and and known things fairly well, um, but certainly it was after teaching it for a few years and talking so much that I really knew it and really learned it well. Hmm. Yeah, that makes Um, sense because you're just practicing and getting that repetition for your content, which is what I guess we could have our students be doing more of, which I think is what you're going to get into now. Exactly. Yeah, that's the whole point of it all. And this stems a lot from another podcast I was listening um, called the Highest Aspirations Podcast, and it is geared toward teachers of English language learners. And they were talking about a study. They were following a high school student around, which this this kind of study, I think, happens from time to time. I've heard of them. And they were just uh-huh. trying to time how often the student had the opportunity, the high school student had the opportunity to talk in one school day. And not even like how much they talked, but just how often they had the opportunity to. And hmm. it was only seven minutes in a whole school day. Oh, in the whole day, not just like class period. No, no. Yeah. The whole school day, seven minutes, you know, not including like lunchtime, but like of of class time. Yeah. And it's like, that's a really kind of sad thing, especially, you know, regardless of what you think about, I guess, student talk, 
hopefully classrooms are moving away from the factory industrial revolution kind of model or mm -hmm. even let's say pre wikipedia internet in the palm of your hands model where it's sit and get and all this lecturing um you know we're moving you know we're in 2020 like <laughs> we're we're way mm -hmm. into the 21st century now hopefully things have changed but when i hear that study it makes me think oh my goodness you know if you're only having the opportunity to talk seven minutes a day, there can't be a whole lot of opportunity for those four C's of creativity, collaboration, communication, and critical thinking. That's, that's, that's like one minute per class period if you have seven periods in your day. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things, you know, a lot of teachers perhaps are trying to work on this and they might say, well, you know, I have students do a turn and talk, but let's mm -hmm. say you only, you know, if you do that maybe twice in a period, what is that like 10 seconds that they have right. to turn and yeah. talk to their neighbor? You know, that, that doesn't add up to very much in a day. So I think we need to do mm. something more substantial than a turn and talk. So that's what we're going to look at today. Sound good? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my first uh, thought for this is something called the question formulation technique, the QFT. And it was, well, it produced, published, I don't know. It was in a book called Make Just One Change. And then they also mm -hmm. have their, their website called writequestion.org. And there's, there's ready-made templates, this nice protocol really for students coming up with questions. And so you as the teacher, you come up with a question focus. And so it, okay. it's not a question because we want students coming up with the questions. And so it could be an image, something like compelling, or it could mm -hmm. be a statement um, that is you know, just the right mixture of narrow and broad. Um, so for example, one I'm pretty sure I used was something along the lines of um, Abraham Lincoln was instrumental in winning the Civil War. And okay. so you present students with this and then you have this whole framework. And, and really even I'd say kind of a set of norms for students to come up with the questions. So they have this this time, time frame of coming up with questions, but when they're doing that, there's a rule. There's rules. Like you can't answer a, a student's question list. So if someone comes up with a question, you can't quickly answer it or even comment on it or even evaluate it. And evaluate means even just, you know, Ooh, that's a good question. You know, like even if it's a positive evaluation, you've just got to keep it, mm. keep, keep the questions coming. Um, really, the only change you ever make is if it's not a question, if they, if somebody says a statement and not a question, then you can change it to something else. And so gotcha. I like that, you know, it's, it's got a nice time frame, and then there's some parameters in there for safety. So a student doesn't have to feel like, well, if I say this question, you know, what if somebody already knows the answer, you know, and, and that that discourages mm -hmm. them from participating. So by having those guidelines in place, it encourages 
students to say all their thoughts, you know, like kind of a group brainstorming kind of thing. Um, and so the question formulation technique, I think, is really good because students are coming up with the questions. And so even if it's only that seven minute amount of time that they are talking, coming up with the questions, hopefully then it leads itself to, you know, some more inquiry based learning, some student research, because they're they're the they're the ones that came up with the questions, not the teacher. So hopefully then they even have mm-hmm. more um, excitement about finding out the answers to those questions and maybe talking more about those questions. So I think that's a good starting point. Yeah, that's pretty good. No, I like it. Yeah, I think it's a good way to start off a unit. You can do it in the middle. Um, it could be a good review for, for students to keep digging deeper and deeper. And along the lines of the QFT, because it's kind of like a protocol for coming mm-hmm. up with questions. You know me, I love edu protocols. Yeah, I knew this was coming. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you could sense it that I love some edu protocols. And they are one of the reasons I love them is because they have those four C's built in. And so you're going to have that communication piece where students are talking. So mm-hmm. some of the ones that come to mind, um, the first would be the cyber sandwich where it's basically the Venn diagram reimagined and way more fun. So you have, you they have templates for like a Google slideshow or whatever, but students mm-hmm. are reading um, about a topic and maybe they're reading something different. Maybe they're reading the same, same thing, who knows, but they are separately taking notes each on a different slide. And so they're taking notes on it. I think it would be really powerful if it was two different readings with like a different perspective. So I'm talking with the teacher right now and she's going to be doing a lesson on killer whales or orcas and Mm -hmm. there's one article about you know orcas in the wild and there's one about having orcas in captivity and how that could you know be good for them and so we're talking about having students just read one of the articles take some notes down and so here they are they're reading this article and they're probably thinking oh this is totally you know what is true and these are the facts Mm -hmm. about you know like believing this is totally the, the right way to go. Um, and then they talk to each other after that. They talk to each other. And I'm sure in this case, it'll be like a mind-blowing moment. Like, what? Your article says this. Mine says something right. totally different. Um, but then they kind of can come up with still kind of that middle of the Venn diagram. But as John Kirpo would say, don't call it a Venn diagram because that just sucks all of the fun out of it. Um, <laughs> and then, but they kind of are coming up with the middle. What's something that's similar? You know, they're both in the best mm-hmm. interests of the animal or trying to be in the best interests of the animal kind of thing. Um, and then you might have like a whole group discussion Um, And then the students individually would write like a paragraph at the end, summarizing the two points of view or comparing the two Mm -hmm. points of view. Mm -hmm. So that's the cyber sandwich. Um, Just 
a nice, quick, easy thing. And that's the beauty of these edu protocols is they're good sound practice. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can repeat them right throughout the year. Kids right. will get the in the groove of it. So the other one is called speed geeking. And essentially it's just, you know, I don't, I don't even know now in this world of online dating, I, I don't even know that people have speed dating anymore. Do you know what speed dating would be? Young? I know what it is. I've only seen it being referenced or like in a show or something like that. <laughs> okay. Yes. And I, for the record, I've never been speed dating either. No, okay. Not. Okay. Just clear the, clear like, that up. Right. Yeah, just just making it putting it out there, but yeah, they definitely in and before the heyday of all of these online dating apps, you could like go to a place and you know, you just kind of rotate around and and talk to a bunch of people uh, for potential dating match. And, Mm. you know, if you had a match, great. If you didn't, and now I'm kind of wondering, I'm like, maybe it was a friend that went, or maybe I went, I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) I don't think so. Maybe you did go. (laughs) Maybe I did, or maybe it was a friend telling me about it, but I do have some clear memory of that. Uh, anyway, so speed geeking is the idea. Like you can take like a math talk, or you can take, a persuasive argument of some kind and students you know quickly outline their thinking uh, around that topic and then they go and they share it with three different people and you know this is all about student talk but student listening is also something mm-hmm. that's that's a pretty good skill to work on so not yeah. only do they get to talk and re- refine their argument and refine their thinking as they go to three different people but they also get to hear the thinking of others hmm. okay i like that one yeah yeah it's pretty pretty easy i mean you can have them make a slide a google slide maybe for a visual reference but other mm-hmm. you know you don't have to either they can just go around and talk to people the good old-fashioned way yeah. so those are two ed- edu protocols that come to mind uh oh actually a third one just came to mind it's even it's in the name of it it's called the sketch and tell and it's pretty self-explanatory. Again, you can have a Google slide. You could have a few different um, ways that they might draw out an idea, uh, draw out their thinking, and then you guessed it. They would go and they would explain their thinking. They also generally they would like write a paragraph first and then explain. Um, Mm -hmm. But sketch and tell, right? That can be used all sorts of content areas, all sorts of grade levels. So edu protocols. I'm a big fan if you haven't noticed. And I still I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure. for your wedding gift, I'm going mm-hmm. to be getting you those books. So just okay. don't worry. Don't don't go spending your money now. They'll be coming. Right. Okay. I won't put it on the registry then. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, because I've got that covered. I know what you need. You don't need bowls and plates. You need right. Edu Protocol Field Guide Books 1 and 2. <laughs> so. All right. So, okay. And... Let's see, that brings us to number three, um, which is really some other podcasts I've been listening to lately have been about 
the brain. And strangely enough, I mean, you tell me, uh, do you feel like you have a lot of expertise in neuroscience coming out of college? Oh, yeah, let's see. I, I think I took um, zero classes in neuroscience <laughs> and brain development. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not really my shocking, uh, strong really. point. I know, but you would think here as a teacher, as teachers, we would be interested in how the brain learns, which we are interested, but is mm -hmm. the coursework there? Not necessarily. So there are um, two people I've heard of lately that have that are neuroscientists, you know, have a neuroscience background, but they also are passionate about bringing that information and knowledge to the K-12 learning space. So mm -hmm. um, one that I've heard recently on the EduDuct Tape podcast is Jared Cooney Horvath, and he wrote Stop Talking, Start Influencing. So similar mm -hmm. to this idea, like we as teachers need to stop talking. And once we do that, then our kids are actually going to start learning. Um, and so he has a lot of talk and, and as well as Pooja Argawal, she mm. co-wrote the book, Powerful Teaching. And then she has a website called retrievalpractice.org. And so the idea here really is just um, your brain, you know, you can have this input. But you have to go back and get it to to really remember it. And so uh, Horvath was talking on, on the Eduduct Tape podcast of how he doesn't let his students take notes at all if he's doing like some lecturing, um, no, no laptops, no notes. But then after 15 minutes, he pauses and he has them, you know, take collaborative group notes. So they discuss like what oh, happened, wow. they ask questions. All. Yeah. And by by taking even after 15 minutes, taking that time for them to think back and remember what they just heard, they mm -hmm. are building that memory. So and, right. and Pooja Argo say the same thing like that retrieval practice your brain has to go in there and retrieve that information again and then she would mm -hmm. add that you want to add spacing so not only after 15 minutes but maybe even two days or so from now or a week from now if you ask them to do like a brain dump of what they remember about whatever topic it was and so that brain dump can be on paper it can be with a person um, so I think that's a really good way, you know, to use brain science, something that's going to help students mm -hmm. learn and then also gives them the opportunity to talk. Yeah. So, yeah, I would mm -hmm. definitely check out, uh, retrievalpractice.org has a lot of practical tips on there. Um, not just those retrieval, yeah, not just those two I mentioned, but they, they've got a few other tips. Um, and they are really, their goal is to bring that neuroscience to the K-12 space. So I highly endorse mm -hmm. those ideas. So you helped me to remember, I didn't even remember after you looked at the show notes, you mm -hmm. brought up the Ed Cafe. Yes. Right. 
which mm-hmm. I I forgot about actually. I was like, oh yeah, I did that. So the Ed Cafe is something that um, I learned about not from a podcast. Shockingly, it was before the <laughs> the boom of podcasts, and I just learned about it in the the Twitter space, and it basically took the ed camp model which is teachers get together on like a saturday and they propose different sessions and people attend and uh they just lead a discussion they don't necessarily have to be experts on the topic but they they bring their thoughts they lead the discussion um and that's a a teacher ed camp and they're great events they're free to go to good networking um so that that's the teacher idea and then Mm -hmm. somebody i forget her name on twitter but uh i'm sure if you googled ed cafe you would find her name so tell me what you remember about the ed cafe okay so i think i'm having trouble with the actual content and the material that we talked about um I think it was something along the lines of like the West or like the frontier or um, like Native American American relationships right. or relations well, with them. Um, now I have to call you out because you're totally cheating here because um, we actually recorded this yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and I accidentally deleted your whole audio. So. Um, yeah. You so now I get to know. remember more. Yeah, you're retrieving. This is some brain right. learning here. You're the retrieval practice is going on. But anyway, okay, I'm just calling you out on your cheating from yesterday. All right, all right. I, I will allow it. Okay, but yes, the Wild West or something. So along yeah. Those lines. So now I recalled the material that we learned. But what I said yesterday when we first recorded was, um, it was like a book club. Uh, we each had our. Like we each read an article or we um, like was just knowledgeable in a certain area of the West or something like that. And then we sat down in a group of five or four or six like that. And then we, um, I guess I gave a short summary and then led a discussion and asked questions for each other. And then um, you had us record the conversation on our devices um, and then we would send it to you and then you can listen to those later to see like, oh, like this person was talking a lot and was asking some good questions, like they get an A or something like that. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. I don't think it was for, like it wasn't a huge unit almost. It, I think it was just like a, a little break in the schedule maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, it was something that I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I liked the idea. Yes, you each had a different article. So I I pulled, I found the articles. You didn't have to find them. I found the articles and then you could choose one that kind of interested you. Gotcha. And then then that was just a way, you know, like I said, I didn't want to go super in-depth on the topic so it would get you you know just a lot of different perspectives pretty quickly and Mm -hmm. yeah so you read the article and then you're supposed to come up with 
a creative title and a spiel and you presented right. that briefly to the class and I was I remember being very impressed by the creative titles that were out there to try to get people to want to go to your session because yeah from mm-hmm. the from the title and spiel people could sign up for topics that they wanted to attend other than like the session that they would be leading Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think you had about seven minutes maybe. And I really tried to hammer home like, you know, you shouldn't be talking that whole time. You should, um, you know, maybe I, I said, try to think about it like you're at a coffee shop and you've just heard or read something interesting and you present a little synopsis of what you heard and then you ask a question like, oh, what do you think about this? Or And then you do that again, present another little blip or interesting piece and then ask a question. I guess people do Mm. that. Have you ever done that in a coffee shop? (laughs) In reality, (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) Maybe not. But, you know, it's the idea, right? The idea is Mm -hmm. there that that's what people do in coffee shops. You know, I right. maybe maybe they do that. Anyways, maybe like yeah. in salons from back in the day, but I don't right. know. Right <laughs> from the Enlightenment, the Enlightenment mm-hmm. salons. That's right. So um, yeah, that was the Ed Cafe, and um, yes, I did have you guys record it. I like that you. Th- thought that I listened to the recordings because it's <laughs> not a secret that I did not. But I did I did circulate. I had I do remember mm-hmm. I had the rubrics and I was circulating and like filling them out as as you guys were presenting. Um I did listen I think maybe the first time to a little bit of it, um, mm-hmm. but I probably didn't listen to all of them all the way through. But it was a way right. to to help you feel like you were accountable to like what you said. Yeah, um, it worked, and it yeah. totally makes sense now that I think about it from a teacher's perspective. Like, <laughs> you're not gonna go home and listen to like all your students just talk about whatever they read. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I was Uh, walking around with the rubrics. mm -hmm. I got the gist. Um, But since then, did you know there are two great websites that have come out that that would have been perfect for this, Um, especially the well for the student and the teacher problem of, yeah, I'm not probably going to go back and listen to all of that. So. Uh, there are two apps. One is called Parlay, and the website is Parlay Ideas, P-A-R-L-A-Y. Um, and the other is called Equity Maps. And they both essentially will do the same thing where um, they they do, I believe, record the conversation. They also basically transcribe the conversation. And then they make like a little spider web of, you know, this, this person talked and then uh, a spider web over to the person who responded. And so Mm. you eventually have this, you can see this visual of the web of interactions and you can see, you know, who did dominate the conversation, who was talking the most. And then I believe, especially with equity maps, they even kind of have some statistics to look at at the end, like, um, you know, did guys do more talking than the ladies or, you know, th- things like that. So you could even have mm. an analysis of, you know, who who is talking the most and why might that be? And 
Anyway, so I think those two apps would be awesome to include in Mm. an ed cafe or any kind of class discussion or class debate just to help track. And you could even, so if it was a whole group discussion or debate, you could, I believe you could probably project uh, that that basically spider web in real time. So potentially students could self-monitor that you know Mm -hmm. either they haven't spoken up or they have spoken too much um i don't know if you've heard the tip this is a low-tech tip i guess for debates and discussions where you give students like three poker chips or three cards or whatever and then you know they when they talk they spend them and you take it away from mm-hmm. them when they're out, they're out, they can't talk anymore. So anyway, yeah, the Ed Cafe, mm-hmm. there you go. It was a blast from the past. I'm glad you remembered that. Uh, right. And and yeah, I, I hope it, it is a good, I, I like it. I hope people are still mm-hmm. out there doing it. doing it. I don't see much buzz about it on Twitter anymore, but perhaps, you know, with this, uh, push to have students talking more and more. You might get some more ed cafes happening. Yeah. Yes. So, speaking of uh, students talking, kind of a funny story or just one of those moments from my teaching that I will remember. Uh, for years and years, as you know, <laughs> I did, uh, I taught government. And we had mm-hmm. a whole election, presidential election simulation. Right. As you know, did you run for president or vice president? I did. I was president, president. or I ran. Okay. Mm-hmm. And did you win too? N- no, I didn't. Oh, okay. All right. How does that make, are you still sad about, sad and bitter about that to this day? Or are you okay um, with that? No. Well, if I look at who I was as a candidate and like the policies versus the positions that I hold now, I, I might have run third party, but you didn't allow that. I did not allow that. It was a common request that I allow a third party, but I never did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, yeah, so the students would take a, a questionnaire and, and total up their scores. And then basically I would split it down the middle so that I could, you know, have even teams. And that's how you became Mm -hmm. a Democrat or Republican. And then I always let, you know, the party choose who their candidates would be for president and vice president. And I guess I'll even go back, um, you know, to my first, well, okay, we'll, we'll just put it this way, right? Like, there are there are students i mean you for example we'll th- we'll throw you in in here for the example you were actually okay. like student student body president right and all that like a, an mm-hmm. upstanding student overall thank um, you yes yeah no problem and <laughs> what struck me is that for these elections in my government class often it was like not necessarily the upstanding student. It was like maybe even a troublemaker, I guess. We will we'll okay. just call them troublemakers that would 
throw their their names out there and they would end up being a you know like and it was even I remember my first very first year there was somebody that that ran and I was like oh my goodness you know like he was a little bit of a a troublesome or not like just you know would get in trouble more than another Mm -hmm. student and then in particular one year there were two and you know we were a small school so you knew everybody very well and Mm -hmm. there were two students that were particularly like volatile not i mean that's maybe a strong word but they were you know like they were <laughs> loud loud strong personalities mm-hmm. regularly saying things they shouldn't be saying and then of course opposite ends of the political spectrum so they mm. they both ended up running for president of their respective uh-huh. parties and i was like oh my goodness like this is you know worst case scenario what I would ever want and uh, they did okay because the beauty of the election process in that class is that you know you are and this is very hard to achieve in group work you you're actually accountable to like the people in your party so you you can't mess it up too much because it will mess with the other people in your party if you Mm -hmm. try to go awry i mean i do remember the debates got there were definitely some offensive things said and they probably lost themselves some votes in the end but um Mm. anyway so it ended up being okay but it was you know, just like here I am allowing students the freedom and like to choose and all that. And it's certainly not what I would have chosen or expected to be chosen. Right. But you go with it. You go with it. And we all It's student centered. So that's right. You just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be student centered and they will rise. They will rise to it and mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll all be better for it. So. Anyway, all right. Well, that is our chat about student talk. Um, Are you still... It was a good talk. Yes, there you go. Are you still uh, hoping that your students will be quiet and and not talk in class? It it, There's a time and place. Like, you know, (laughs) like like we're just talking about, like we want our classrooms to have um, a lot of student-centered um focuses but you know like if i'm talking about like random things like maybe there's a field trip and like everyone needs to get their permission slip signed like if there's people talking like it's like come on guys like you need to you gotta be paying attention right now otherwise you can't go on the field trip because you're not gonna get your forms turned in or something like that but like if it's if it's like a normal lesson then like yeah like i'm all for student talk like all the things that you've talked to me about um today like i'm just super excited to get back into the classroom and getting some fun lessons out there yeah definitely all right well yeah and i i agree um even like i said veteran teachers and new teachers we all would say okay we we need to have a degree of management and understanding about when students do need to listen but i think the more you can talk yourself into being quiet and letting the students talk uh, they're going to be better for it and really you as a teacher will be better for it too yeah so that's it for this week Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to rate and review our podcast and reach out to us on Twitter uh, 
at Bell Ringer's show, right? Yep. You knew this better than okay. And then um, you can also email us at at bellringers at gmail.com. Is that right? I think so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> we sure will. All right. See you later. Bye-bye.